This is Douglas Wynn, author of the Spectrophiles series, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We are getting ready to play Fear itself tonight. Uh, we haven't been running too many games recently. There's a variety of reasons for that, but uh, suffice to say, we're going to play tonight. Uh, we are going to kind of pick up where last episode left off, so I will give a brief recap, but tonight's episode is going to be more of a... It's not even really a flashback. We'll, we'll figure it out as we get to play and as we were, you know, sort of discussing this beforehand. Uh, but I will give a, a recap from last session. Uh, we were up in Randy's room uh, after Aaron met that guy and was theoretically poisoned by the, uh, by the drink that was sent to him. Uh, we were texting him trying to figure out, like, maybe we could get him to come up and we could snatch him or whatever. Uh, he wasn't in for it. Um, but... Jack went to talk to Delphine, the countess. He pointed out the guy because he was still downstairs. Uh, she said that he was one of the workers. I uh, had been working at the hotel for a couple of months. We, uh, let's see. I can't read what this says. Oh, we set up GoPros in all the rooms uh, and set out for the staff quarters. Oh, out in the back. So we went outside and uh, we went towards the staff quarters to see if maybe we could find that guy or whatever. Uh, people were going into the building. There was keypad. Uh, Jack unbelievably saw them punching the, uh, the the code for the keypad. But before we broke into the building, the guy came sort of staggering out from the hotel where we commenced to beat the crap out of him. Or at least Jack and Randy did because Aaron, unsurprisingly, was affected by a spell in the drink. So he did not help fight the guy, but in fact tried to fight Jack off. Well, that doesn't sound good either. <laughs> he tried to prevent Jack from beating up on the guy. Ah, you know, you, you, you get what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, we, we ended up with uh, the guy getting tied up. We took him out to the barn area, the stable area, uh, and we made a phone call for uh, pickup. Uh, so they were going to come and snatch that guy up. So I guess ostensibly we're going to start there, but only sort of. So we'll kick it over to Neil and we'll find out what happens tonight. All right. So I don't know what you just said because I was getting a drink. Are you editing this out? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> it's okay. He just <laughs> recapped horribly because he was trying to read his own handwriting and then realized he couldn't read his own handwriting and then dessert, and then accidentally made a jack-off joke without really trying to say that, and it came off horribly, but we all got the gist. It was it was the thing cool. where you know, we wanted to get to this certain point where we could continue the story, but unfortunately we're going to do something else, but it'll still be fun because I'm here. So I think it. you might have <laughs> even more fun. This is going to be a fun one, guys. I think the audience is going to enjoy this. this oh, is yeah. Gonna be, this is going to be a fun time for everyone. I'm um, already scared. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, we're doing a good time. So as far as I remembered, you are all in a room uh, with 
Kenneth tied up. The cultist that you have captured, who theoretically is uh, leading some amount of the rune creation, summoning rituals, whatever might be happening in the pit uh, below the lake house. You have captured him uh, and are keeping watch until Wyatt comes to pick him up for interrogation. That's pretty much what I said. (laughs) That's what I was hoping you said, because I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Uh, But was it really? Was it? Well, Um, I mean, there's a whole jack-off thing. I don't know. That is true. true. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have any notes about either of you jacking off. So (laughs) if you you want me to put that in the notes that one of you is jacking off, great. Uh, If one of you is jacking another one off, great. Uh, we are fully no judgments here. We're we are woke. I'm totally cool with it. What you know, maybe someone's go if whoever's in the middle's going skiing. That was a joke back <laughs> in the day. Anyone that was a joke. Anybody, do, anyone who listens, if you heard that joke, you get it. <laughs> and if you didn't hear that joke, you get it skiing. Think about it ski poles and the motion. And dicks. Oh, wasn't that wasn't that like a joke in like ski school back in the eighties? Was it in ski school? Oh, I thought. Uh, I I really hope it was. Fucking, I really some fucking was. loser so probably terrible. fucking told it to me and pretended it was his joke. And I would say, and I guarantee it's his because no girl is going to tell that joke because it's too garbage for a girl to tell. Yeah, <laughs> a girl yeah, would exactly. tell a much better joke than that because they're yeah, smarter exactly. and better. They're fucking. <laughs> we're dumb, dumb, dumb dummies. <laughs> Anywho, you know what? Look, if men want to be like, oh, don't shit on men. You know what? Don't listen to this podcast. We're nerds. Nerds know that ladies are cool, too. So we got it. Anywho, you're in the room. And um, I'm trying to remember how I'm saying. So, okay. So you're in the room. You're taking watch. John's editing a lot. That's what I do. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Jack has decided to take first watch. And so Aaron and Randy decide that they should get some rest because they are uh, going to be obviously then the next shifts uh, so that you guys can get some sleep. But someone's got to be awake to make sure Kenneth doesn't do some kind of sneaky bullshit or magical fucking cantrip thing that, you know, withers the ropes away or I don't remember what you tied him up with. I don't think it was zip ties because plastic, I just suppose you'd have to have a really crazy incantation because it lasts forever. Environment, protect it, guys. <laughs> um, we're, we're being socially responsible this episode. It's the whole, oh, it connects so well to the, uh, guys, just think about, I mean, here's what I'm going to say. Right now, after this episode ends, think about plastic, the environment, and a single tear. You'll get it. You got it, guys. <laughs> um, John got. We had to preview this thing, so it's because I'm old. <laughs> I, but it's a it's a pretty common, pretty common reference. All right, if you're 13, you probably don't know it. I'm sorry, we're olds. Um, you're uh, so you guys are going to sleep. I take it. Is there anything you're doing before you go to sleep? Before you're preparing to go to sleep. Uh, I mean, I probably not. Um, the guys gagged. Um, you know, we're we're waiting. You know, for Wyatt or someone to to show up. I I mean, I I like 
Aaron's probably kind of besides himself because he, he he knows he probably shouldn't have had the drink, especially after he saw the guy's wrist. But then, like, nothing really happened, and there was the whole vomiting thing. So he's just kind of like, you know. Sure. Yeah, and I don't think Randy would do anything special either because he probably thinks that Jack's got it handled. You know, if it were anybody else, Aaron, um, he'd probably <laughs> – you know, be a little more like, you know, one eye open or like maybe stay up a little bit longer. But since Jack's there and, you know, he's just gonna, you know, hanging out or whatever, you trust him to, you know, just in case any funny business happened or whatever, he would just, he would sleep pretty easily. I think Aaron probably moves away a little bit um, because like he, you know, he doesn't know now if he's still under the influence of whatever magical incantation or whatever. So, I mean, he probably not that if the guy wasn't shouting that he wouldn't be able to hear him anyway, but like, I think he kind of moves over a little bit. Sure. 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 Randy lays on top of him because then he's like, well, then he can't move anywhere. He'll never <laughs> Wait, you're laying on top of the hostage. No, I meant on top of Aaron. Okay, so that's he, what I thought. I was like, wait a minute, which one are you laying on? Yeah, because I'm not sure if you laid on the hostage well, in a chair. I, I've got my ankle on the one guy on his on his kneecap. You know, can I I'm, say no one's ever done that in a movie when they're like, we've got this prisoner that we want to make sure it doesn't get away. No one's ever just sat on them. And just <laughs> on them. That's the. They'll never get away. We just yeah, exactly. saw it, guys. Just yeah. sleep on them. If, yeah, that's what Jax would do. Jax would just, Jax would just shit. Yeah. Shit. Wow. Sit on top of him and yeah, just right? be like, yeah, you move. Sleep. I know what's happening. Yeah. That's a great, God damn it. That's a brilliant. I'm using that if the world ever ends and I need to tie off a hostage. <laughs> I can only imagine if that's the only way I'll have a hostage tied up. I hope. <laughs> is, is if I the world ends. But otherwise, I'm guessing it's okay. Yeah, um, you've but, got lots of hostage plans. Yeah, I have a lot of hostage negotiation. I look, we don't negotiate with hostages. That, <laughs> that's right. that's, that's, that's right. the that's the rule we came up with in my Thursday D and D group because one time I accidentally said that instead of we don't negotiate with terrorists, I said we don't negotiate <laughs> with hostages. And ever since nice. then, we've basically been hell bent on killing the hostages before the terrorists could do something to them. Mm, we don't nice. negotiate with them. It's been terrible. We've murder hoboed too many things, but okay. Guys, tune in to Not That, because guess what? I don't have a podcast about that. Of the one thing I play every week, consistently. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Okay. All right, now that John's edited all this out, <laughs> it's been attached to the end of the episode. Okay, so you both uh, decide to get some rest. You fall asleep, and it doesn't seem too long after you've fallen asleep that Aaron wakes up in front of a large fire uh, in the woods sitting on um, a sort of a, you know, a, a carved out log seat. And across from him is a rather imposing black shadowed figure probably, you know, seven or eight feet tall. You would gauge by sitting height um, across from you. 
the flames dance. You do not see a face uh, at the moment per se. You only see sort of a shadowed darkness. Uh, Aaron, you know, he sits up a little bit straighter. He's kind of shocked and he looks around. He's like, Randy, Jack, Jack, what the fuck? And he kind of like, he doesn't like get up and back away, but he kind of like pushes himself back a little bit. He's completely confused. Aaron. Uh, fuck. Uh, yes. I have tried to warn you, but obviously you've ignored the omens. He, he like starts touching himself like maybe he did get fucking poison. He's dying right now. I assure you, you are fine. Uh, who who or, or what are you? Where, where am I? Where, where's where's Jack? Where's where's Randy? Don't worry. Your friends are safe. And so are you. For now. Oh, I don't like that. I've brought you here because you have been chosen. You are one of an ancestry known to fight mm, evil, unnatural things. And it seems to have found its way to you again. Oh boy. Uh, so does this, does this have to do with, with my great aunt i mean is this is this is that then yeah yes the poems the tomes the messages i sent to the ravens as a portent of dangers to come and you have decided to walk the path of the heroic regardless of the warnings as you have many times before uh i mean it seemed like the right thing to do. I mean, it all kind of, it sort of snowballed after the first little bit. Uh, I, ooh, yeah. Uh, Once the dark entities have taken notice of you, it's difficult for them to turn their eye to another. You are in their gaze. And so now I fear you must Fight for your life and the lives of others as you have before. But you never do this alone. He waves a hand and you see Randy sitting on a seat next to you. When when Randy, you know, pops into existence, does he look like Randy or does he look like something else? He currently looks like Randy. He currently looks sitting and and to Randy, you look like Aaron sitting around a fire. Uh, Randy, you're you awaken, quote unquote, into this dream, almost a dream state. And you see Aaron to your left on a uh, a log uh, carved into a comfortable seat across from this large, dark figure uh, to your right across from the fire. You don't feel in danger. You feel relatively calm and safe at the moment. Okay, good. That's funny because if you wouldn't have said that, I would have charged the being. <laughs> no, you feel you for some reason you feel calm and as if this is a natural place. Basically, he's like cool. Like he just knows something, something 
interesting is happening. Hey, Randy, you, you good, man? Like this is. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I'm not afraid. That's that's like a weird thing to say. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like a whole weird. I mean, I'm glad you're here because. Uh, yeah, I mean, and he like looks at the the figure. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're here for a reason. I mean, yeah. I mean, what are we doing? So I think, and he like turns to the spirit that this is uh, Lord Huron. As you say that, he stands as an imposing eight foot tall, relative, like very thick, just being uh, like you would imagine, you know, a Greek god would be, you know, Zeus is this giant presence. He stands and bows. Uh, Aaron, I th- he's sitting. I think he drops to his knees in front of him. Please stand. Uh, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he pushes himself back up, stands up, kind of like straightens himself up. Indeed. My name is Lord Huron. I am a protector. I have traveled these lands in help of my people for before time was time. Unfortunately, as time has progressed, my powers have diminished. We do not have the following that we once had. So I cannot provide you as much aid as I could before, but I am able to provide you with some help. I believe your friend who is taking watch over the evil one that you have captured, he is capable physically and you have skills intellectually, but I feel that perhaps it would benefit all if you were able to improve your abilities to hunt. So I can provide you that. Thank you. Thank you. What, what is it that we have to do? You simply must do what you have done. You previously were a warrior in another life. And your, your soul, your consciousness has maintained throughout time. Your previous body uh, that you inhabited was a warrior, a very well-known warrior of his tribe. And he fought an entity, a creature from beyond that was a danger to all at his own peril. And I will be able to transport you to that life, along with your friend, whose soul has been intertwined with you as a friend and partner to destroy these beings for centuries. The two of you can embark on this journey and in doing so, learn the ways to hunt and to kill these vile entities. It is the best I can do to help you for now. Perhaps I can find a way to help more in the future. But for now, I believe this will at least help you uh, maintain your defenses 
against evil. So he, Aaron looks over to Randy and he's like, Hey man, are you, are you good with this? I mean, I, I can't ask you to, to do it if you don't want to. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't like a, you know, great hunter like you in a past life or whatever, but I know that, um, I know that I'm here now and I know that even, even as far as a year back has gone, I, we've come so far. So yeah, of course, we're, Whatever needs to be done. I mean, obviously, it's, it's good versus evil, man. I mean, if we're going to be on the side of good, let's do this. Randy, you are wise. I agree. You were not the one whose soul directly was responsible as part of Aaron's hunting party previously. But your consciousnesses have been intertwined throughout history to fight these entities. It seems inevitable that regardless of the warnings, you will always choose the path more difficult, the path that requires sacrifice, the path that requires diligence, and the path that requires fortitude against those from beyond. And together, along with your compatriot, I believe you have abilities beyond others. I will use all that I can to help protect you and to warn you and to help develop the skills you need to fight these entities. We have been at odds since before mankind. Unfortunately, many of us have diminished in power, and so we cannot fight directly. But we are able to aid you. And even though I am at my dusk, as an entity, I will use what powers I have left to help you. Because my people have become vulnerable. There are very few of us left. And very, very few of the bloodline remain. I will help those of you who remain. And those who support you. If you decide, I would like for you to take this journey. So I mean, Aaron, Aaron, like Aaron's floored. I mean, he's he's just like, so th- this is. I mean, it, it's all real. I mean, it's all true. I mean, all of it, everything. Yes, I am a being of power, but significantly, significantly smaller power than the entities you fight. Those that your hostage intends to summon. I could not do anything against them. They are too strong, too old, too set in this universe, this reality. But they can be held at bay. And I can help you. I will do my best. I will play my part. My role now is but to help those who are left, those who hear my call, those who are part of this heritage to move forward, to fight against the darkness. I will use all that I have to assist you. This is all much to take in, I agree, but do not fear. There are other forces on your side and you have capabilities beyond what you would expect including you, Randy. You all have your expertise, 
You are special. You have been fighting this fight for lifetimes, over lifetimes, over lifetimes. The Aaron steps up to Randy and he kind of like puts his hands on his shoulders and he like puts his forehead on his forehead. He says, uh, brothers for lifetimes. And then Randy is Randy just can't think of anything better to say because everything that's been said is like way better than anything he would ever say. So he basically just holds him tight and kind of shakes his head. Like, yeah, let's do this. All right, so he, he turns back to Lord Huron and, and he says, we accept. Then it is done. The binding is performed and you have accepted your destiny. I will do what I can to aid you in your journeys. It will not be easy, but you must persist in the face of all dangers. It will only get worse from here, but I hope I can make things somewhat easier. I hope I can help you develop what you need to combat the forces that may take the light from this world. And so, you must take this journey. It may feel disorienting when you are in your previous consciousness, but do not fear. You will acclimate quickly enough. Are you ready for this journey? We will do what we must to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Then remember, this fight will be difficult but this was a significant moment in your destiny destroying entities from the darkness he just aaron just nods he waves his hand and you are suddenly shifted into a body you are standing in what looks to be a to you, a primitive village uh, of uh, teepees and uh, fire. Uh, you're somewhat disoriented, but you feel that to you, you have just woken up and it is dawn, not dusk. You feel it's early in the morning. Uh, in front, you are, uh, when you look down, you are a very, very fit man in uh, hide clothing. You have a knife uh, that looks like a well-made metal knife. You have what you believe is, you know, some uh, a bow and arrows uh, attached to you. Your skin is likely more. Uh, is slightly darker than you, uh, your current uh, body, you would imagine, has. Um, beside you is a person you both recognize as Randy uh, in your head, but visually is not him, obviously. He looks like a Native American warrior. Both of you, uh, if Randy is looking at Aaron, it are definitely painted in the uh, traditional sort of war paint and uh, look as if they are prepared for a fight ahead uh, in front of you is a very uh, distinguished adorned individual uh, with a large sort of ornate headdress 
and he approaches you. I do not believe you should intercede in what is happening. We should just leave nature to what it needs. His eyes flick over to, to Randy and he says, this is not a creature that is natural. This is a creature that preys on the, on the weak and those who cannot defend themselves. This cannot stand. I know that it is, I know that it is difficult to let such things lie, but we must. It is dangerous, far too dangerous for us few mortals to intercede in these activities. Let our native spirits, let Lord Huron, let those who protect us extinguish these evils from the world. If we fight them, then they will come back tenfold. The spirits help us because we help ourselves. We believe in them and they help to keep the crops green and the animals healthy. But we must, we have to protect ourselves from things such as these. Lord Huron himself will protect us, the spirits, the cousins. They are all on our side. I am no shaman, and ours was killed some time ago. I agree. I cannot stop you. It is your decision. It is your right as a warrior to eliminate this threat. We have only had a few taken in this calamity. I believe we should be safe. There are others. There is a village to the west. Surely they will be taken. They are much easier prey than we are. They're, they're weak. They don't know about these lands. We can move on. We can take our place elsewhere. There's no need to fight this. But I cannot stop you. I will tell you, we may not be here when you return. We may have moved on. We can take lands elsewhere. We can move. The The white man has said we can settle south of here. And perhaps we should do that and just move to a safer area. I think must. If you choose to continue the fight, that's your decision. You may find us when you return, although I don't believe you will. When he says the white man, Aaron spits on the ground. And he says, uh, we are no better than the creature that hunts us if we allow it to prey on others. People who, as you say, don't understand these lands, don't know this area. We have a, a, a duty and a right, an obligation to end this misery so that what has befallen us doesn't befall anyone else. You are an honorable man. You take your obligation as a warrior, as a protector, seriously. And I wish you the best of luck, but I must do what is best for our tribe and for our peoples. We will move. Should you succeed, you may find us south of here in a new land. I will mark it on this map provided by the explorers who are looking to settle us elsewhere. Be careful, though. These creatures, there are stories of, I'm sure you know, the Wendigo. 
cannibalistic, unstoppable, powerful creatures who obtain the power of those it consumes. It's dangerous. You will not survive this fight. You sh we should leave. Leave it to the white man. Let them have their armies and their powder guns. Let them destroy it if they even can. They, they have no care for this land. They have no care for us. Well, there might be certain justice in allowing a creature such as that to deal with them as we cannot. Uh, it's still an abomination, a, a lost soul, someone who's been tainted that must be put down on our, in our own ways. I respect your decision. You are a great warrior and you have protected our peoples for many years. I wish you the best of luck and good fortune. I hope to see you when you return. Thank you. When you go south, just be wary. If it doesn't seem right, continue moving, and we will try to find you. I will do my best, as I have to protect our peoples for as long as I can remember. I will leave signs, I will leave marks on the trees, as we have all learned. Find us, and we will welcome you. But you must make sure this evil doesn't follow. Make sure it has been destroyed before you return. I trust that you will do us at least that gratitude. Shall be done. He bows, and he begins sort of yelling at people and directing them to start packing things up. And he, he just turns to look at, at Randy and uh, we're the Randy facsimile. Yep. <laughs> and he says... For the, for the rest of the thing, we'll just do Randy and Aaron, but yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he says, are you with me, brother? Of course. I mean, when, when there is no one else to handle the fight, we shall handle it ourselves. We must take time to make preparations before we go read the signs and make the correct offerings. Of course. So I, I think they probably head off to, if they're that close, I think they probably have like wigwams together. Yep. Yep. Or, or, or close yeah. to or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's all within a, a small area. Yes. Of, of that particular village. Yes. So I, I think we probably head over there and start to like make the, you know, whatever the, the proper offerings would be. The shaman is gone, but I assume like before a hunt, he leads them in some sort of uh, yeah, yeah, you know, ritual are. or whatever. Yeah. So they, they, they do that with intention, even if it's not a hundred percent accurate. Sure. Um, and, yeah. And, you know, do the paint and you know, the whole nine yards. Um, as you complete your, um, uh, your uh, rituals, a, Crow lands on a nearby branch, caws loudly uh, for you to see, looks as if it nods, bows, kind of the bird, mm -hmm. and then flies away. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron nods in return as an acknowledgement of, yeah, yeah. this is probably going to be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you have essentially what you would have as a, you know, as gear would be standard sort of, there are some dried food rations, obviously uh, a water skin for water, 
um, uh, bows, arrows, a knife. Um, I assume we're on foot, probably. Yes, you were on foot. And uh, as far as you know, the uh, as the the chieftain had explained, threat seems to be from the west. There is a small settlement of pioneers to the west that you know of um, that, you know, doing the typical trapping fur trading type deal in the winter. And so that's who he was likely referring to as sort of a distraction slash bait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bait, but distraction, I guess like uh, an easier target for anything that may or may not be stalking you. Um, so I changed my history to art history. Rain, did you have history or occult? Like, I'm wondering if we could make a role because, like, I know kind of some stuff, a little bit, sort of. But I wonder if we make an in-game role to, like, what would we know specifically about? Sure. Um, or actually, I guess if you if you have it, you don't even have to roll, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and roll, you would just. Yeah, I have history and occult studies. Okay. Uh, do you? Uh, so. I'd spend the point in the cult. You, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it would be a cult studies and it, it, yeah, it would depend on, I don't know how many points you have, but if you spend a point, you get more information. If you don't, you get information, but not quite as direct. Yeah. I'll spend a point. Why not? I mean, we're, we're in the thick of something very heavy, so we might as well. Sure. Point. Uh, Wendigo are corrupted souls of, a human being who has eaten human flesh. So they are cannibals, but more than that, they are essentially an un, they have an insatiable hunger for human live human prey. And the more humans they kill and consume, they essentially uh, absorb their power so um if you would starve them over a long period of time they would become weaker but uh so long as they have human prey they gain additional powers they are exceptionally strong they are exceptionally fast they uh sometimes you will see them actually with the skull of an animal uh, worn on their head as a totem, almost. Um, I'll, usually a, a cow or an elk or something uh, with antlers that are like sort of menacing with a, a long face. Um, and essentially they uh, will stalk humans relentlessly, killing them literally in, like to no end. They will never stop. They will continually kill and absorb the powers of more and more people until they are stronger, faster, better, or killed. Um, they are not, what you do know is they are not resistant to normal means of killing. They are still who they are. So they may be stronger, but they are not, for instance, magically or spiritually or cosmically resistant to say physical damage. They may be able to absorb more damage. They may be able to 
be, uh, you know, wounded more grievously and still continue to fight uh, than others, but they are still physical beings in a physical body. And so their weakness is really, you know, what a weakness of any human being would be. It's just they are more or less powerful than a standard human being, depending on their ability to feed. Okay. So I guess maybe we're like, we're having this discussion as we're getting ready to like actually head out. Sure. Now, are we um, playing bordering on woodlands then if there's trapping and all that kind of stuff? We're not like wide open, like plains, right? Uh, yeah, there's wood. You're in the north. You're like northern territory near the Great Lakes. So it's woods, uh, deciduous forest. Uh, let's say late fall. Okay. So there, and there's probably snow up there then. Right? Uh, in late fall, there could be. It, it depends on if you really want. If you want there to be, there could be. Sure. I, I'm just. Yeah. I, I don't know if there. I, I would say no offhand, but it okay. could be. Okay. Maybe like up, up in the mountains. There's. Sure. If it's really high, yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, so Aaron says to Randy as they start like you know trudging out, they check all their shit, make sure they have all their supplies. He says, "How do you feel about heading over to the?" the white settlement and trying to explain to them that they need to keep their people inside. If we can starve this creature, we may be able to get an upper hand on it. Um, Randy thinks for a minute and just kind of thinks like history would tell me that I don't know if that would be a good idea just because, you know, I don't know if they're well enough to trust anybody that they don't, know through you know any like contact through other tribes and stuff like that you know if we just come in there just announcing ourselves and be like everybody needs to get inside and be safe because this thing is coming and it you know it it might seem to them like it's a trick or something well i wouldn't tell them that well i maybe let's back up then do we so does our tribe have any uh interaction with the settlement is there any sort of trade going on have we not directly i would say you are basically just if if as if any native american showed up randomly so not friendly or hostile per se mm-hmm. sort of neutral i mean we're not in like yeah, yeah. they wouldn't be like they wouldn't so i guess it's up to whether theoretically it's up to whether they would recognize your particular tribe, but so you don't know, you don't know if they would necessarily see you as hostile. If some tribe has attacked them, perhaps they would see you as hostile because they may, may or may not rec- like recognize you as the same, or if they had good trade relations, maybe they would be, pre- you know, have a preference for your, uh, you know, for you arriving but you're not sure your particular tribe has not interacted with this settlement. It's relatively new. So you do not know like from your standpoint, what that relationship is. Okay. So then what Randy's saying makes sense then. Mm-hmm. It could, or you could say, yeah, but they may see us as totally fine. Yeah. Well, maybe we can just, we can feel it out. We can just, 
see how they perceive us. And if it doesn't turn out friendly, then we, you know, do what we can. But, you know, I feel like, you know, we have to be careful because we could stir a pot that could be detriment for us. We're already fighting some powerful foes to have other people against us, even if it is in indirect indirectly not involving what we've done, but with their past prejudices or with, you know, maybe them just being leery, you know, we have to be careful there. I, I agree. Um, I don't believe that we should tell them any more than they need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, perhaps we can tell them that we've seen great packs of wolves mm-hmm. to keep That's their people behind yeah. the gates, you know, behind yeah. their, in their settlement and at night and for their, mm-hmm. you know, their uh, trappers to go out in pairs. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can, you know, just sort of set up in the area around where their settlement is. If it's feeding in this area, mm-hmm. then, you know, perhaps if, Again, if we can starve it, at least for a few days, they may not listen. Just makes our job harder. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just worried about our safety. As sad as that sounds at the moment, uh, of course, like I care for their safety. I just don't want to put us in any more danger than we already are. Agreed. Okay. Uh, so the plan is to go to the settlement. Yes. Okay. I mean, they yeah. would be looking for signs along the way for, you know, sure. tracks in the woods. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to get there. So they would, you know, forage berries. They would yeah. you know, do the things that, that, you know, native peoples would do when traveling greater distances. So, you know. Sure. Uh, let's say, yeah. So I'm going to actually do, I know this is not canon for the system, but... Um, I think I'll do outdoor survival as a role, uh, not as a whether you learn something or not, but how off the scent you are or are not navigating to the colony since you have not been there, uh, right. as well as noticing any uh, additional signs of, of something being disturbed. All right. So can we both make that role then? Absolutely, yeah. Uh... I don't think we're there yet. I'm just going to make a straight die roll. Yeah, go for it, man. I got a three. I suck. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'll spend one just because I'm interested to see where we'll head. I don't want to get off the track too too much. Yep, sure. Oh, good Lord. With a, That's two with a spend. <laughs> it's, he said this way, right? It's over here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys are arguing this guy's right bit. here. See this? Right, goodbye. All right, go on. You guys don't. You guys are going. You don't. So you, you feel like something in you is saying maybe you're going the wrong way. But as you, as your consciousness, you think no, no, no. I think we got this. I think we're going the right way. But it takes you off a little bit, and so it takes you a little longer to get to the segment settlement than you thought you would. So you lose. I'm going to say two health because it's cold. You've run out of, you've, you've run out of food at this point. And that's when you see the settlement on the horizon. All right. 
by the way, this this is a fun one. I'm liking this adventure. I thought I didn't know how this would go, but I'm already loving it. <laughs> <laughs> You're already taking our health. <laughs> no, I think there's. I didn't know if I would have enough. Honestly, I didn't know if I'd have enough stuff to fill it out. But now I'm like, ooh, I think this could work really. I have a couple ideas, so I'm like, I think this is going to work really well. I like it <laughs> as a as a really interesting side adventure that also could, you know, that will provide you some benefit depending on how well you do. <laughs> That's the thing. I can I can alter it based on how well you do. Mm. Right. All right. So as, as we get to within, you know, I guess maybe like a hundred yards of the of the place. Mm-hmm. Um. This is uh all right. We just, you know, we we tell them the bare minimum, uh, sort of take stock and see what we can see, and try to find the person who's in charge. I I assume Randy assents since he's muted. <laughs> I'll assume that's an agreement. I'm yeah. I'm basically following your lead because I feel like you are. I mean, the whole reason we're here is because of you and your past lives. So I'm basically merely a a husk of uh, myself helping you out in this person that is way right. better, uh, may braver and way better of a person probably than I am. Uh, but no, but you're, but that was the point. Your soul over time, not in this instance may not have been particularly with him, yeah. but over time, the two of you have crossed paths and helped each other fight mm-hmm. evil. So you are like you're badass, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Randy has used his, skill set to fight evil throughout time and it happens so yes you are it's not just a side thing you are actually intertwined to to a degree okay so i'll say this i'll say that that um my my character is basically uh kind of the the bigger silent type he's basically just gonna you know, he knows exactly what he has to do. He speaks minimally, totally the opposite of Randy kind of where he's just kind of <laughs> like, you know, I don't I don't need to say all of these words to, you know, to make myself, you know, feel like I'm doing something, you know, make kind of buffing myself up through my words because that's what I'm so used to where now it's just I will follow Aaron's character or whatever and, you know, just help where I can and not not waste time with words as I'm doing right now. So there you go. Okay. So you are, yeah, you are the, you're speaking. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. It's speak. It's a strong so, silence. You're, you're speaking softly, but carrying a big stick. That's right. In your pants. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> ladies. <laughs> don't, ladies, don't contact him. He's married. <laughs> don't do it. We just saw his kid. He's adorable. Don't do it. <laughs> you could say you could say you love him though, because he's adorable. That's true. That's you could say you love. It's like he could be like, I get it, I get it, but I, I'm with my wife. Don't worry about it. So like, you can bolster his ego. Just tell. Look, everybody, tell Kurt that he's super adorable and that you all love him and that you love Randy. Just tell him, send him an email. It's great. There you go. Um, there you go. That'd be perfect. Uh, you don't need to roll anything from notice. Just notice in general, the village does seem quiet. It's about midday. You don't see much activity at, say, 100 yards. Okay. Now, from that activity, you know, that so you said it's midday. Yeah. 
It's somewhat, and there's nothing going on. Yeah, you don't, you literally see zero people like moving around outside at a hundred yards. Okay. So like, there's okay. nobody. So ba- go ahead. Sorry, I'm gonna before you do that. Before you ask that question, I'm basically gonna put my hand on your shoulder and just go, you know, just kind of like do like a once over around, like you know, it something should be happening right now. He he nods. Um, you know, hand on the knife, kind of like tightens on the knife a little bit. Um, he looks specifically to like the pal. Is there a palisades? I'm assuming there's like a log. Stockade. Uh, there isn't. There's a uh, sort of like the you know like the crossed mm, okay. log fencing, but not like a palisade. No, okay. uh, it's more of a just a, a fairly rudimentary defense system. Yeah, like they haven't gotten that far yet. No, yeah. There's no. It's not like a trading post. It's more like a pioneer frontier village where there's like the cross hatched X fencing along uh, the, uh, the perimeter, but, but you can see through it. It's not like a full log straight up, you know, like eight foot palisade or anything. Okay. Is there any uh, smoke from chimneys or anything like that, that we can see? You see no smoke. So he just, he turns to you as he sort of like scans, you know, it's a fence and kind of like around and he says no smoke. Hmm. Um, so with the settlement, what does the settlement look like as far as like buildings and stuff like that go? Uh, it's sort of rudimentary sort of cabins, like log cabins. Um, not much else around it or anything like that. Yeah. So I was saying there's like, uh, so there's not like a palisade. There's not like a, you know, like six or eight foot tall, like big pole, right? Palisades. It's like Mm -hmm. the you know, civil war style, like crossed hatched X fence type wooden fences that are just kind of like cross hatched X's. Right. So they stop things from coming in necessarily, but they're not like fully on, you know, they're not like fully obscuring or anything. I'd like to notice to see if there's anything besides human tracks around here just to see if there's anything out of the ordinary that's around the entrance there. Okay. Um, well, so, so wait, how, wait, how close are you? Cause right now you're a hundred yards out. Are you approaching? Oh, that's the difference. I guess we you're like, you're a hundred yards away and there's no one you like at a hundred yards at a football field, you don't see anyone walking around and you see no smoke from chimneys. That's where you currently okay. are. So the question is, how okay. close are you getting when you want to do like another? Yeah, I suppose we want to get a little bit closer right. before we do that, huh? Yeah, just be careful, be ready. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't, like I wouldn't draw a bow because I don't want to get shot from the from oh, the village. Okay. But like, yeah. don't look. We don't want to look menacing right away. But maybe we should also not be out in the open, just kind of walking through. We should like follow the trees and kind of. Try to make as less noise, the least amount of noise that we can. Yeah, if that's feasible. I mean, is this all open up to where the the fence line is? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of yeah. There's a clearing uh, to the village, so like it's sort of more forest and then a clearing. There's a path, obviously, through the forest to get like a road, almost right. The wagons or whatever would take to. You know, coming from you are on the east side. There's a road going to it from the east after the 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 trees kind of clear, and they've cleared out anything else. Um, so it's relatively open for 
you know, easily, I would say, yeah, you could probably be a hundred yards away in the, in the brush line still. But after that you're in, and then let's say you've come from East or South ish. So there's probably a hundred yards to it. And then after that, it's more clear and gets kind of plains out to sort of a lake or whatever way North. Um, but it's not as densely uh, forested in that direction. So you might, you still have to go at least a hundred yards to get to it probably I, by design. I think we boldly stroll right up to the, you know, like right up to the gate. Right. Cause if we look, so assuming there's people and we're looking like we're sneaking, we probably get shot. Right. So we just want to own it. And, and just sort of, I mean, we're warriors, right? I mean, we're just going to walk right up to the gate. I mean, we get stopped before that if you want to check. Or if you sure. want to check. Yeah, like, if you want to look at anything before. Okay, let me put it this way. If you want to take the road to the eastern entrance, you start. You could walk on the path, the road, to the, the settlement. The, right now, there's no obstruction, no reason not to. If you want to take that path, if you want to stop at some point and do another thing before you reach the edge of the settlement, let me know. I mean, I, I say like, if we're on the edge of the woods right now in the brush, yeah. I say yeah. we could look here. Right. So like if the yeah. thing is stalking the people. Yep. And you see nothing. You, there's nothing moving. You there. are at, you're a hundred yards away, say there. on the Eastern near the road, off the road, but like near it, you see no movement. You see no smoke from the village. I feel like a no spin doesn't get us anything other than like, oh, the grass is pushed down. <laughs> like, right? what do you want to know? Like, what? But notice for what? Like, what do you want to? What are you looking for? Looking for an unusual track. Like, I'm assuming that's what what Kurt is looking for, right? Yeah. Well, you're unspent. The unspent. Occult, Let's unspend. What do we unspent, get? Unspent occult knowledge. Wendigo have human footprints. They're they're people. They don't they don't transform. They're still people, looking. But in the in the late fall, they wouldn't be walking around without shoes. So if we saw, oh, so human you, footprints. Oh, okay, sure. Uh so a no spend notice check at, at like sort of at the brush line. So like mm-hmm. if I'm stalking someone and I'm hiding in the brush as a monster. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, sure. Uh, unspent. Yeah, there are a lot of. Tra- they look the same. It looks like one entity that has gone back and forth and back and forth around this perimeter many times. And and it looks like un unhuman on feet. Yes, foot yeah. footprint, not boot print. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So he just like he taps Randy. He says, uh, "I it looks like it's been here." Boy, <laughs> I don't know how to how do we proceed. You know, do we want? I I would assume that it probably does most of its hunting at night. Mm-hmm. We should be fairly safe, but I fear that we're already too late to save anyone in this village. Well, maybe, but maybe though, maybe we can find either some survivors that we can help or maybe we can find out maybe what happened or where it went. I agree. Should head into the town and see what we can find. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So, do you head into the town just straight on the road? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You head straight on the road. As you approach the village, it is oddly silent. As you get to the, the, the fence, which is essentially, you know, not too far really from the first buildings, the first, you know, cabins that are there, you don't see any movement from people or anything. You do see, with an unspent notice check, uh, you, you see patches of blood in the, you know, sort of town square area in front of you. So a little ways down, there would be a couple, you know, sort of an opener area. Um, you see some blood there and blood splatter on, you know, some of the, the walls of cabins as well. Hey, everybody. Before we wrap up this episode, I'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling roundtable discussions. If you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show, we have great sponsors for you to check out. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our OG sponsor. There are three signature blends to choose from. The Morning Lark, which is a light roast. The Night Owl Blend, which is a rich dark roast. And the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee, perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. Thanks everybody for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. Okay, just because I can't remember off the top of my head, what was what was the guy's the the helper of Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted Two that was Death? What was his name? The helper? Wasn't that just Death? Oh, I can't remember. No, he had a name. I can't remember what it was. Did he? Shit. Wait, the wait the guy they played chess against, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that it was wasn't Death. death. He had a Are name. Sh- are you sure he had a name? I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. I thought it was just death. Uh, I'm looking. It doesn't say. So uh, much derailing. <laughs> William Sadler as death. It's just death. God, I could have sworn they called him something else. They might have called him something, but he, his official character name is death. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So that just ruined my whole comedic thing. So I would have called him that name, whoever that was. I would have been like, cool. <laughs> or do you want? Or you could just retcon. It used to be like William Sadler, <laughs> like the actor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, just like a. Uh, you, you could do that, John. I'll edit it in. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, just like that uh, mall rats thing. John Sadler, dick. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. I mean, that's fair.
We'll edit. I'm editing. It's all, all editing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he stands and is definitely a not that you feel. You're, ex you're explaining this as his voice. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll edit that out. Do it again. Awesome. <laughs> Train direct. Awesome. Uh, well, he's, he's, I'm going to need him. So I guess we'll just wait a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. I can, get some, I can get some more water. Yeah. Go get some more water. I'll just okay. sit here. <laughs> okay. Just be lonely. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll mute this just in case. All right. Uh, Kurt's got a train and uh, he's going to pee and Neil's uh, going to get some water. So you're stuck with me. Just kind of chilling. I bet everybody in the village has probably been slaughtered. It certainly seems that way. Middays should be a bunch of activity. So this looks like it's really bad. So, yeah, there's that. Which means the, the Wendigo is, is awfully full. Well, I guess it doesn't really get full per se, but uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's feasted fairly well, I think. So that's fun times. <laughs> it's a good thing we got to boost a bunch of our stats. <laughs> oh, here comes Kurt. We'll be able to pick this up again here. We don't need Neil. Eh, it'd be fine without him. We'll just make shit up. It'll be fine. <laughs> So while we're waiting for him, if you can hear the the roar and screeching of the train that's by our house, I'm like, oh my god, seriously, the worst time for that to happen. Yeah, well, it's, when we play with Todd, half the time we get fucking uh, the ice cream man. Like, we've had to stop the show because he that's parked awesome. outside the house and was there for like 10 fucking minutes. That's hilarious. Did Todd go out and get some, like, cherry berry or something like that? Some... He, he, did, he did not, but oh, one time awesome. it happened, he started singing a song. <laughs> with the music. I would pay a million dollars to see Todd licking a bomb pop while he's trying to like, <laughs> like an RP. Oh my God. Oh, so just so we know, I know this is going to break, so this is going to get edited out. What, like, how long do we want this to pot? Potentially go because it's going to take a little even a fight if I initiated it this second is going to take a little time so the question is what is our hard stop should we are we going to stop before a major thing or what uh, it's up to you guys right so like it's earliest for me so it's memorial day for me so I don't give a fuck because I have literally this is my calendar for tomorrow zero <laughs> Nice. Other than like mow the lawn, that's all I got. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, I think it's eleven would probably be the the so about an hour from now would probably be my hard stop. Unfortunately, we were having such a great day today that I forgot we were doing this, and then my wife was like, "What in the fuck, dude? We're having <laughs> such." <a> <laughs> I even said like, reminder. I'm so sorry, I forgot. But I feel bad. You could have just said no. We could have. Yeah, but like I feel bad about your wife being like, "Oh, we we're having a great day," and now you fucked it up with this dumb bullshit. <laughs> that no okay. one's Tomorrow. listening to live. Is anyone live, John? No. Aww. Single tear. Aww, okay. <laughs> you know what? Someone will listen to this. Here's eventually. the thing, and you should put this. Put this at the end. This is for Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
I'm proudest of this game. I think I this, this is game. the I think this is the Me best too. game I've ever run. Rogue Trader is good think, too. Rogue Trader is fine. <laughs> Look, it's good. It's good, but it's different. But this game, I feel like layers I've upon done, layers. I've done so many things I've wanted to do with this game. So many things. And so far, so much of this game has been based on random individual songs that I've listened to over time, which is weird. And I've put in weird little like Easter eggs here and there that John knows some of now because he listens to that band now. But I'm so this game is like the best game I've run. I love this fucking game. I can't wait. I can't wait to go back and um listen to new kids on the block and then go back and watch this again. I mean, I, I knew have, there was so many of those. I will tell you. So I don't, I haven't told everyone, uh, not all of them are based on individual. So the current, the current, not this, but the current story arc is based on a song that John, I guarantee has not listened to because it's not Lord Huron. Lord Huron is a band and oh, they nice. are the greatest band of all time. And some of the things I had in poems in the past were for Aaron's character was from Lord Huron lyrics because they have a very like they have a very like someone has been given a a mission to fight otherworldly evils type vibe to some of their songs which is weird and interesting but yeah we looked through the whole the set list by the way of I they played set same set list for you guys (laughs) like we looked there's a thing online you can look but anyway uh, Lord Huron, greatest band. Ooh, they're gonna be time. they're gonna be in Minneapolis uh, the day before my birthday. Oh, really? Who knows? Maybe that'll be an early birthday present. For All me. I'm saying is, it might. This is hard to say. I've been to a lot of shows, a lot of shows. I think it's the best show I've ever been to, nice. and that includes a band that I listened to for ten years and never saw live because they broke up before I started listening to them. Then they had a 10 year anniversary and played in New York. And I drove there from West Virginia. Like I went to Beth's house in Pennsylvania. Then we went to New York city over Thanksgiving (laughs) to see a 10 year two show only anniversary in New York. That is the equivalent of Lord Huron's two hour set. And that was a band who was my favorite band of all time until Lord Huron. So like, nice. and that I've never seen. And so like two hours of Lord Huron was just like, it was amazing. It was like one of the, John and I haven't really like nerded out about it, but over like Skype or hangouts or whatever, but fuckity fuck. It was, it was an, it was an amazing show. Like I, I have also been to a shit ton of shows <laughs> over various musical genres. Yeah. And it was one of the best shows. I Right. Had. Right. They were transcendent. They were one of the easily in the top five bands who, if you say, hey, I want to listen to that band, you could listen to them live or on the album and it's the same or better. Like live was equal. Like they were so good (laughs) and they play so many instruments and the fucking bass player playing theremin on the new album song. Yeah, like a fucking digital theremin. Like what the fuck? (laughs) He played a theremin during a song and then he's like fucking playing bass that's not just like 
do, 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 do. He's fucking going off. Like, this guy, the bass player, is a fucking phenom. That guy, I don't know what he's doing. Anyway, so that's what the Lord Huron, Lord Huron's based on that. So the All the poems that I said earlier, that was for Lord Huron lyrics. The other, this current arc that you're taking a break from is a different song, and I will tell you it at the end of the arc, but I don't want to tell you now because it actually will spoil, it did spoil, it would spoil some of the stuff you knew, but there's almost 0% chance you would figure that one out. Um, but I will, I will let you guys know. So that's the other thing. There's some real cool Easter eggs that I base this shit on. And also Dead Arm just came up in a YouTube video that I watched that I had read the story and someone was uh, narrating creepypastas and the Dead Arm shit came up. And I'm nice. like, what, what? I thought that was a good idea. So I'm telling you, man, we have a really cool thing going. So we just got to maybe move it faster so that we have more than one monster per two years. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Let's have a monster. <laughs> All right. So um, I don't know if you if you heard Kurt as as the train came and everything else. So yeah. you, you put your arm on my shoulder, look around, shit's fucked up. He grips his knife. Um, 